Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, DMV Hoops fans? Welcome to another D. Uh, welcome to another Believe in DMV Hoops. Uh, to jo- join us today, we've got Chris Caputo of the George Washington basketball team, head coach. A coacher back in the area after having some success early on in your coaching career with George Mason as an assistant coach. We're happy to have you back. This is your second full season at GW. Uh, yep. How are things looking for this upcoming season? Yeah, I'm excited, obviously, to be back. Been back uh, over a year now, so that's great. Um, you know, for me, coming back into an area uh, that I really grew up in in the business in and 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 couldn't have picked a better place, right, with such a strong basketball culture uh, like the DMV, um, I think it's it's hard to even describe to people how good it is in terms of, you know, high school basketball, um, college basketball. You know, my years when I was at George Mason, you know, we went to the Final Four. Georgetown went to the Final Four. I got here right on the heels of the Maryland National Championship. Uh, American was going to the NCAA tournament. GW was in the top 10. Uh, so, you know, now you got Howard, obviously had a great year. Um, it's 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 just an incredible place to be a basketball person. Uh, and so, you know, for, for me to be back, I'm excited. I'm excited about our group, um, you know, return. You know, like most people in college basketball, there's a lot of turnover, but you know, we do return James Bishop, first team all league, Max Edwards, rookie of the year. Um, and I, I really am excited about our, our our newcomers as well. I think you just nailed exactly why we wanted to do this show and help try to lift the profile of DMV hoops. It's yeah. I think a lot of these local teams, yourselves included, are on the way up here, too. And, and I think this is really great timing and exciting that so many of these programs seem to be headed on an upward trajectory uh, all at the same time. So it's really cool to be a part of. Before we get going here, just want to give a couple ad reads for everybody. We're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Everything. They're all really delicious. And brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games. Head to the website today and use our promo code Believe, BLEAV for your 50% off welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we mentioned it up front here. Uh, you were the director of basketball ops for George Mason and uh, did some video coordinator work from 2002 to 2005, an assistant coach from 05 to 2011, including that Final Four run, which is awesome. And then at Miami from 2011 up until uh, 2022, had a lot of success there, worked with Jim Laranega. Uh, obviously, you guys had some um, some stuff that slowed the program's trajectory down a little bit, but now it's finally catching up to where it should be uh, under Coach Laranega. And I would imagine you had a lot of opportunities to make a move like this, given uh, the kind of high profile assistant coach you were or associate head coach you were. Uh, You know, we talked a little bit on the intro there, but why GW of all the options you probably had available to you? Yeah, well, you know, I had had some opportunities. I really loved working for Coach Laranega. I loved being in Miami, just like I love being at George Mason. I've really been very fortunate for in in this business or really in any business for for a long time. Uh, I had a great job. Uh, with great people. Um, and I 
really didn't have a huge desire to, uh, you know, look at greener grass somewhere else. You know, I, I was very happy doing, you know, what I was doing. And um, I, I was very connected to, you know, our, our program success and driving the programs that, that I was involved in forward and maybe less thinking about my own, um, you know, ambitions or what have you. Um, but, you know, there were certain places and and uh, that you would think about and say, hey, if an opportunity uh, became available there, then then I would have to really think long and hard about it. And for me to come back to the DMV to go to a place like GW, that's you know one of the really great academic schools uh, in the country. You know, probably the best city campus in America. You know, a name brand all over the world in terms of people know what GW is a place that had been the 17 postseasons in 25 years uh, uh, from 2000, uh, from 1991 to 2016, you know, sweet 16 NIT championship, top 10 finishes, um, multiple different coaches taking GW to the NSA tournament. Um, you knew it could be done at GW. I think coming from a place like George Mason, that's very DMV centric coming from a private school like the university of Miami, I thought I was uniquely positioned to understand the job and, and the institution. And so uh, we love Miami. We love our time there. We had great friends there, you know, certainly go back and visit. Um, but we also love the idea of raising our family in, in the DMV and, and uh, live in Northern Virginia, which, you know, we're pretty close across the river here. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back. And uh, I thought this was a great fit for me. You mentioned success for the program. I think that's probably something that all coaches look at. You know, can I win there? Has anyone won there in the past? I would imagine that always factors into those kind of decisions. And for me, like the Carl Hobbs teams of the early 2000s with Pop yeah. Spencer-Bonsu and J.R. Pinnock, like those were really fun teams to watch. And and you mentioned the the multiple NCAA tournament uh, berths in a row. I think they went um, eight out of 14 years, you know, like pretty good stretch like that. So how do you get back to that level? I mean, it's dropped off a little bit here in the last couple of years and landscape's a little tougher. So what's sort of the move to, to get back to where you want to be? Yeah, the landscape has changed. So we, we understand that we got to be adaptive there. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, from facility standpoint, NIL standpoint, um, you know, the way we operate, I think we're now operating in a way that is commiserate with the teams, you know, that are trying to be successful in our league. Uh, can't really control, you know, what the metrics look like now and how those things have changed or how many league games the, the power five decides they want to play and things mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, what I, what I do know is the best version of GW, uh, we can strive for that. And, uh, I think the best version of GW is going to be good enough to, to create, uh, quite a bit of success here. And so, you know, we're trying to get updated, you know, we're, we're, again, we're, we're operating, you know, in a way that I think is, you know, on a higher level than maybe we have uh, just in terms of budget travel, you know, the way we feed our guys, you know, things like that. Um, you know, we're, we're involved, uh, you know, I think with uh, working on building a practice facility here, uh, we are, um, we do have a collective uh, uh, NIL collective that um, obviously doesn't have anything to do with, with me or the, a university, but but people who care about the program are looking to engage and invest in our student athletes, um, and so we're doing things, you know, in real time. 
to bring the program up to speed and trying to get back to, you know, what Coach Jarvis did and, what, you know, Coach Hobbs. And, you know, obviously Mike Lonergan, you know, brought them back to the NCAA tournament and, you know, and, and won the NIT championship and had three NBA players on that team. So it can be done at GW. The place is world class. Um, we have an incredible location. And, uh, you know, we just need to do the good work uh, every day to uh, to get it back there. You took a step in the right direction last year. It seemed like uh, winning 16 games, you were above 500 in the league. I think that kind of did a lot of the preseason projections for you guys. I'm sure you always want better than, you know, uh, than what people project and stuff too. But it seemed like kind of a, a good step in the right direction here. How do you take the next leap? for this year's team. And I know you guys had a lot of success at Miami through the transfer portal. You've got a decent amount of transfers coming in this year too. Um, help you turn things around quicker in today's college uh, basketball landscape. If, if you're kind of adept at, at using things like the portal. Yeah. I mean, I think we were early adapters of transfers at Miami for a number of different reasons. I think, you know, the difference Matt was, you know, back then guys were sitting out. So, sure. you know, we invested in those guys development and, you know, you had guys like, um, you know, on our lead eight team, Cam Augusti, who sat out. You know, you had Charlie Moore, who didn't sit out. You had Jordan Miller, who didn't sit out. But, you know, those guys are all conference players. Uh, you know, you had before that guys like um, Sheldon McClellan and, and Angel Rodriguez, who sat out and then became all conference players, led us to the Final Four. Kenny Kaji uh, sat out. Uh, Shane Larkin didn't sit out, but he was a transfer. He wound up being an all league player. So, you know, we had a number of guys do that. And, uh, you know, for me, everyone's in the game now. So it's a little bit more difficult, you know, to try to mm -hmm. think through that. Uh, and yet, you know, yes, you can turn your roster for the better. I think anybody who can figure out how to make that the portal work in your favor, but then also maintain some level of continuity within your program I think it's critical. So, you know, for us, you know, two good examples, obviously, are James Bishop and Max Edwards. Those guys were transferred in. Um, you know, I was here when James was here, uh, but we were able to keep James for a second year with me. And then Max, obviously, you know, was already uh, redshirted at Kansas State when he transferred here and was rookie of the year. So finding ways to use it to your advantage uh, while also building out some level of continuity within your roster, I think is critical. We have some of that this year. You know, with the Garrett Johnsons from Princeton, the Jim Buchanan from Virginia Tech, Benny Schroeder from Oklahoma, you know, guys that um, maybe did a year at another school and and now they're here. And hopefully that, you know, they can provide some talent, some balance uh, and, and, some, and some continuity. You mentioned some of those guys in Miami had to sit out, and I think that gives you guys time to really um, integrate them into what you want to do, help them learn the way you want to play. Yeah, I think uh, some of the stuff you guys are trying to do, especially defensively, is pretty complicated. It can take some time when you have a lot of transfers. Is that harder to kind of like uh, incorporate those guys on the fly and really install all the things you want to you know, install quickly? Well, I think you have to become adept at it. I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've always thought that the junior college coaches uh, were great coaches because um, those guys, you know, really put their teams together in June okay. and uh, every year. And yet, you know, I thought, you know, if you go watch, you know, great junior college basketball throughout the country back in the day, you know, there was talented guys that were very well coached. I think if you look at guys, you know, like, a, you know, like a Chris Beard or a, a Dana Altman uh, uh, come to mind. I think Brad Underwood was a junior college coach, Steve Forbes, junior, you know, guys that I know 
personally that that have always had a respect for their time in junior college because their rosters turned over so much. Also, if you think about G League coaches, I have a lot of friends that have coached in the G League and their rosters change, sure. you know, almost within the season. So I think college coaches have been very spoiled, Division One coaches in particular throughout the years, because there has been some continuity on their rosters and they've been able to build years and years out. Whereas, you know, a lot of other, you know, high school, junior college, um, you know, coaches, even uh, some of the lower levels, like it's changed. Uh, their rosters have changed much more than ours have. So I think we just have to become adept at it and learn. And uh, we can probably take a, a, a page out of those guys' books. Good friend of mine, Chris Chaney, is a prep school coach from the area. I always see his programs firsthand, and he's always talking about, I've, you know, he's been doing Transfer Portal for 20 yeah. years, basically. Nothing new to those guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a great point. You mentioned continuity here and bringing James Bishop back. For anybody that's not familiar with him, the guy absolutely can put the ball in the basket. Not that he doesn't do other things as well, but yeah. probably uh, one of the you know smart picks uh, with Vegas to lead the conference in scoring again, I would imagine. Got Max Edwards coming back. He's a guy that I would think would be on the the high list of breakout candidates for the the conference overall. Does that really help you kind of establish an identity right up front when you know you have these two guys coming back and then you can kind of work the pieces around them as you fill in things like through the transfer portal and with recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously uh, James is a player of the year candidate. He was a player of the year candidate last year. I think there was a mm-hmm. case you could make that he was the player of the year last year. Sure. Um, you know, First player in the Atlantic 10, I think, in since 2003 to average 21 and five or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, you know, one of the things for me when I got here was, you know, his ability to um, his, his ability to play the point was something that was maybe, uh, you know, two years before. I think he played the point. They moved him off the ball the next year. And, and obviously that, you know, that coaching staff maybe you know, had some other pieces that they felt like they needed to, uh, to, to, to look at him off the ball. But, you know, for me, it was a little bit of, it's all I had, uh, but, you know, putting the ball in his hands, we found out very quickly, he was a great decision maker mm-hmm. and he was an unselfish player. And so, uh, we really benefited from that. You know, I think Max has, uh, been a guy, you know, Brendan Adams was the most improved player in the league last year. He won that award. But I think if you ask our staff, uh, Max really was the most improved player th- throughout the season you know max from where he came from you know having an injury at kansas state and really didn't get a chance to to even play throughout the season to what he was doing at the end of the year and we could see on film you know the improvements he was making i thought he took another nice jump this summer he's in incredible shape he's in great shape um he's a very you know fluid athlete uh guy with great touch shot good percentage from three um and so, yeah, for me, I have the luxury of those two guys. Now I have a lot of new guys, um, an inexperienced group. I think a talented group uh, with great character, uh, the type of guys we want to represent GW, uh, and, but, but, but inexperienced. So we're going to have to work through some of that. But to have those two guys gives us an opportunity to, uh, you know, have a little bit of, yeah, this is, we know what we have here with those two. I've heard you say in the past that uh, you want to have uh, five guys on the floor that can pass dribble shoot, and that makes it very difficult to defend. That way you can spread people out and the ability to share the ball to be selfless. Um, you know, previous Miami teams come to mind when you think of that and the the multiple guards of the Cam Muskies of the world out there next to Isaiah Wong's and, and players like that. I think James Bishop and these guys seem to fit that yeah. mold. Is, is that something you really kind of keyed in on with the, the other guys you've added to this roster as well? Yeah, I think we wanted to improve our versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to improve our shooting. Um, I don't think we're exceptionally big, 
you know, in the front court, but we are skillful and long and athletic and versatile. You know, I, I also think we need to protect the rim better. I think, um, you know, stretch, uh, you know, Akimbola from, from Auburn is a guy who I think is a, a legit defender in our league. We could give up some skill, you know, in places if we can add defensive versatility and size. And so, you know, that's the balance. I mean, obviously the teams that defend and rebound are going to be the teams that win. I think that's an area we know we, we need to address and attack. Uh, and I think we were able to do that while we might not be doing it with great experience. I think just across the board, you know, we're able to get more versatility, more length defensively. You've got a reputation as a great player development coach and get guys better playing under you. How do you balance like bringing in a player um, that has some of those skills already and maybe you don't have to work on them as much with skill development at, versus a talented guy where maybe they need a little bit more work refining some of those um those skills, like I guess, how do you kind of juggle those two things when you're looking yeah, at the roster? Everybody gets assessed on, you know, what what are their strengths and uh, h- how do we help them soar with their strengths and, and utilize and leverage those abilities. Um, and yet, also, we believe in being a development program. We do, you know, I we have a growth mindset. We do believe guys can get better. You know, we spend a tremendous amount of time with them individually. I think we 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 would give up some team time in the summer and the fall to try to spend time with them individually as players, because we believe that better players is going to be a better team. And uh, certainly now that we've started practice and we're doing a lot of five on five and a lot of defensive install and offensive install, but, you know, for our players in the summer, I think they would tell you, you know, we're not, you know, having team practice Mm -hmm. uh, four days a week. We are spending quite a bit of time on, you know, whether it be retooling somebody's shot or working on specific footwork or whatever it is that that player we diagnose he needs uh, to either soar with his strengths or get better at, you know, I think our staff really dives into that and spends a lot of time on it. And I think a lot of people probably do as well, but I also think there's people who talk about it and then are more, you know, trying to have team practice in the summer, you know, it's just, I think it makes for a long season when you do that too. I think when you have a track record of being able to show like a lot of these Miami guys under you got a lot better. Like, I think that's a a pretty straightforward thing to be able to say. It it probably helps for recruiting and being a transfer destination because guys know if they have a certain thing they have to target and work on, this is a place they can come and, and really improve in that area. Yeah. I, I talked about it a lot, but it always came from the lens of being an assistant coach. Sure. And I understand how hey, I wasn't ultimately the head coach. And I, the best thing about last season, other than, you know, showing the ability to win a little bit in the league and things like that, was, you know, we can now demonstrate, hey, James, you know, went from third team to yeah. first team and, and certainly, I think, had a much better year. Uh, you know, Brendan Adams goes from, you know, kind of dead in the water as a prospect uh, to third team all league, most improved player, played in the NBA Summer League. You know, Max Edwards goes from a kind of a no-name person uh, you know, to the rookie of the year. So, you know, even, even the other two guys in our rotation, uh, starters, Ricky Lindo and Hunter Dean, you know, their offensive efficiency was the best of their career. I mean, both those guys, I think had career years. So, you know, now we can point to it at GW and, and I think a lot of the stuff that we developed, uh, as a staff and, and w- under coach Laranega's leadership at, at Miami, you know, we've brought it to GW and I think it's, it's paid some dividends for the players. You guys were really good offensively last year, I thought, and uh, 
just a little improvement defensively obviously helps on the defensive end, but it seems like that would help your offense even more, just being able to, oh, to yeah, run we on spent, guys. And, joke with people, we spent 80% of our time once we got going on the defense. We, sure. we ultimately, I thought, gave effort, but you know we had some challenges defensively. Um, you know, one I would say, and I can put on myself, is we made a change that I think was helpful midseason. I probably could have done it defensively early in the year, uh, and that that's on me. And you know, probably cost us a game or two. Uh, but but then I also think making the change midseason allowed us to have a good record in the league. And you know, I also think you know when you look at our roster, um, we just were not, for whatever reason, as it turns out, we had great guys. Uh, we had pretty good pieces that fit offensively. We had very little de- defensive versatility, very little depth, um, and we had some challenges in terms of, you know, just from a personnel st- standpoint, ability to defend uh, at the rim. So I think we've tried to address those in, in the offseason, and, and hopefully we can take a big step forward there. Is the plan this year to get away from kind of drop coverage and get back to to being more switchable and things like that, or t- too early to tell? We switched the drop coverage midseason, and it was good for us. Uh, a little too early to tell. We're working on a few different things. Um, I did feel like early in the year, you know, my last year at Miami, you know, we led the ACC in turning people over. We became a very disruptive defense. Um, I knew it wasn't the same team, but I wanted to try to see if I could get guys to give that type of effort early in the year. And quite honestly, it probably in some ways helped us uh, – but in other ways, we probably were in too many rotations. We we're flying around too much for a team that you know, just didn't quite have the depth or the ability to do that. And so when we went to the drop, uh, you know, starting in league play, uh, while the numbers were not great or anything, I think it gave us a chance. And it's why we were able to have some success in the league. What should fans expect from GW basketball this year? What's the calling card? Like, what do you guys want to hang your hat on with uh, this year's group coming up? I think a well-balanced team uh, that has versatility, uh, that plays very, very hard, uh, that is an exciting team to watch offensively, and a team defensively that you can, you know, appreciate, you know, their efforts uh, and how hard they're going to play, and and uh, you know, I, I, that's what we're striving for. I mean, we're we're not a gimmicky operation here. We try to play good on both sides of the ball. We try to play hard. Uh, we try to you know, do the basic things in terms of, you know, defend our position, uh, rebound the ball, share the ball, uh, take good shots. You know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not rocket science for us, you know, trying to get to do that every day is, uh, is a challenge for all teams. And so we'll just strive to do that. But I do think we have more athletic ability. We've got more, um, shooting ability. We've got more versatility allowed us to be a little bit more, um, you know, I think tougher defensively, which is, which is a big key for us. Is getting more homegrown talent on um, the priority list for you guys to build this program back up. We talked about the level of talent here in the DMV. You've had a lot of success as a recruiter overall, but you also know the area from your time recruiting here sure. at Mason and stuff. Is that big on the list? Yeah. I mean, certainly, um, you know, my time at George Mason was filled with local players, including the current head coach, uh, Tony Skin, who's yeah. a great guy. And I'm so happy for him and his opportunity at George Mason. I think he'll do a tremendous job. And he's uh, he embodies a lot of the things that uh, that that George Mason's all about. And he's he'll be a great representative of the university there. I'm uh, just thrilled for him and his family and thrilled that Lamar Butler, another local player, is on staff there. Um just so happy for those guys. I mean, I'm not going to root for them 
uh, when we play. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for those guys to have success and uh, just so proud of them. Um, you know, for me, yes, we're going to have local players here, whether it be Baltimore, the D.C. area, Northern Virginia. You look at Jim Buchanan, you look at James Bishop, you look at Garrett Johnson, you look at Jacoy Hutchinson. You know, you even look at a guy like um, Trey Autry, who, you know, was born in Northern Virginia's mom's from Reston went to Georgetown. Obviously his dad's a, the new head coach at Syracuse, but yeah, we're always going to want players from this area to be at GW because quite frankly, I mean, this is the best basketball area in the country by far. And so we're, we're uniquely located. We're not, you know, we're not in a suburb. We're not, you know, 20 miles out or whatever, or 15 miles out or, you know, in a different state, we are in the, the district and we are centrally located and, we are an elite academic institution in 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 the city of Washington, so we want to attract people from the area here, uh, whether that's out of high school, or war, whether that's people returning here in this new world of the transfer portal. You know, that being said, you know we are a, a global institution, and so you know we're going to have players from our team, as GW's had for many many years, all from all over the world. And uh, we can attract people from all over the world. And then we can also attract really good players from, you know, up and down 95, where we have a great, you know, alumni base. We have as strong an alumni base in New York City as as any school in the country. Uh, I was there last week at Yankee Stadium, hosted by Randy Levine, the president of the Yankees, who's a GW grad. Uh, And we had a box full of 20, you know, really successful GW people from the New York area. So, you know, we're going to be up and down and, and, and we can go to the major cities. We can go to Los Angeles. We can go to Chicago. You know, we can go to Houston and Dallas and places that, you know, we have a presence. And so uh, I'm, uh, I do think we're a national brand. And yet we're also smack dab in the middle of the greatest basketball cities uh, in the country. And so we're always going to be a factor there. Any specific goals for this year's team? I'm assuming not wins and losses or anything like that, but like, what are you really looking to to be able to see from your team? Well, I mean, I, and I, I, you know, I hate to be vague with these things, but I, I thought we took a huge step forward last year, right? To have a winning record in the league for the first time in six years, uh, to do some things maybe that hadn't been done uh, in a while here. We got to take another step forward. And we all know what that looks like, right? In terms of what your record is, uh, you know, the type of fan support you get, um, the way your players improve, like we got to continue to do that. We're not you know, certainly not satisfied with uh, with the year we had, although we're encouraged by it. And so, mm. you know, I'm uh, I'm not big into. We don't talk about winning a lot with our guys. We talk about getting better. We talk about the process of getting better. It sounds like a cliche these days, but it's the way I was brought up in the business. And so, you know, for me, I'm. Uh, I'm excited about what I think we can do going forward, but we got a lot of work to do to get there. Just want to talk about you specifically here for a little bit, if that's okay. Uh, you played at Westfield uh, State University in Massachusetts. You're a point guard, team captain. Why is it always the point guards that make such good coaches, and especially guys that have been captains at some point? I think the tall guys get upset about that. That the short guys, <laughs> the shorter guys, are get the coaching jobs. I guess I don't know. I, I no, I you know I think my. I'm, I'm a gym rat. I, I've uh, loved, loved the game since I was uh, very young and, you know, wasn't a great player by any stretch. Um, uh, but I was, uh, I got intoxicated uh, with the game of basketball, with coaching, with leadership, uh, with the mentoring of young 
people. Um, and my high school coach, Jack Curran, who's since passed away, but you know, is, is a legendary high school coach in New York City. He's the winningest baseball and basketball coach in the, in the state. And he's got over 2,000 wins in both sports. And he embodied all the things that I think Coach Laranega, who also played for him, myself and others, you know, thought a coach should be, you know, somebody who um, cared for the student athletes, uh, for their development, uh, for them after, uh, you know, they were done playing for him and the impact that, you know, a coach can have on not just the player, but, you know, generations of people uh, that are connected to the player and families. And, and so for me, you know, I think that's what coaching is. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a mechanism to, you know, really have an impact on people's lives, uh, through a game that we all love. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've never really worked a day in my life. And so I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that, uh, cause it's been a, it's been a blast. You also started out doing some video coordinator work at, uh, George Mason as well. And it seems like a, a lot of the most successful coaches have started in the film room. Why do you think that yeah. is? Does it help you kind of see the game a certain yeah, way? And break down you you kind of get your reps. You get your 10,000 hours of, of film work. I did every scout at my at George Mason, Miami for 10 years. Um, I will say, you know, uh, the guys that are coming up now with all the technology and synergy and all this stuff. I mean, they're, they're far more advanced. These young video guys and they're not 20s. cutting tape the old fashioned no, way. They're, they're, they're far more advanced in terms of their, uh, acumen uh, technically than 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 we were because uh, we were spending time. Uh, you know, I was not in the deck to deck era. That I'm, I can't say I was. We were using editing systems, but they were they were not the best editing systems back then. Yeah. Right? I had to do it the hard way for journalism school and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I remember the final four year we were working on the editing system with like a screwdriver. You know, sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think you know just. You know, getting that that those reps of of ten thousand hours worth of video uh, helped certainly a lot of guys, and I think you know that's why you see now it's become so much easier, and guys are just so bright in terms of their ability to. I mean, you could just go on Twitter and find an endless amount of great content uh, about the game, and the game has obviously grown so much globally as well. So, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. I think college basketball is sort of catching up to you know, Europe and the NBA in terms of style, you see a lot of really interesting uh, ways of playing and, and uh, it makes, it makes a great product. I think. Uh, speaking of Twitter mentioned there a second ago, how does it feel to have somebody like Woj break the news that you're taking a coaching job? I think that was the first person I saw report that that's gotta be. Yeah. yeah cool. Woj is a, a really good personal friend of mine. So okay. it was, uh, it was uh, sort of, he, uh, you know, he was able to get that scoop, you know, really important scoop for, for him. Um, but yeah, no, it's, he's, even though he's a Bonaventure fan, uh, we all know that, uh, he did come to a couple of GW games last year and, uh, we even, uh, I got some pictures of him in, in GW, uh, gear that we can use against the Bonnies sometime, you know, when, when, if we have to. There you go. You got to keep that in the back pocket just in case, uh, case there. Is it, was it tough to leave Miami at all knowing, you know, the trajectory they were headed in? And then do you feel a part of last year's final four run? I mean, you helped get a lot of those guys there. Like what's that relationship like? And you still yeah, talk, uh, talk to Coach Laranega a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm so proud of those guys. So happy. I'm so glad they were able to kind of break through 
you know, my last, uh, we had been the two sweet 16s and then an elite eight the last year. And we were up six at halftime on Kansas, uh, my last year. So would have been nice to be a part of a second final four. Uh, but you know, there's no regrets there. Uh, I'm so happy for coach that he was able to, uh, you know, do it now at two different places for, for, for you to make the final four, two different schools that had never been, I think it's just a testament to him. And, and it's obvious, you know, um, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I think uh, that that's uh, it's obvious. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about that at this point. And uh, very, very happy for everyone there. And, you know, great support from the administration there, uh, the board of uh, visitors. I mean, I, great friends of mine on uh, in both those areas. And, uh, you know, just a lot of love for everybody there. And, um, you know, happy for the way the program is. And I'm very proud of what we we're able to do there, you know, and, and, and a place that, you know, had not, you know, necessarily had a ton of success or had, had, had some choppy success um, that coach Larnega has been able to do uh, what he has over time going into, I believe year 13 now, you know, uh, really one of the, the better teams in the league over that time. So uh, just, you know, very happy to have been a part of it. Uh, I've heard you say in the past that you're a big restaurant guy, and Zaytinia was one of your uh, your go tos. Is is that yep. is that still a favorite? Yeah, it's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's probably my favorite in DC. I mean, I got a lot of, you know, it's funny when I when I got back here, there's so many new restaurants, it's hard to keep up. Sure. Uh, but Zaytinia has been the one. You know, Jose Andres has a relationship with GW too. You know, he's uh, you know he's got the uh, I think the, it's the World Food Institute or, is now. Uh, connected to the university in a partnership. Uh, I don't know him personally, but uh, I, uh, I I'm hoping to get him to a game at some point because I know he's a big basketball fan as well, and and so I got to work on that one. Uh, but yeah, Zatania has been a great restaurant for 20 years, and uh, you know it's funny. My wife and I will talk about hey, where do you want to go to dinner? And inevitably, even though we have tried a lot of great restaurants in DC, you know that's sort of the staple for when people come in town. I love it. Yeah, it's a good one to recommend to anybody because you know uh, they're going to enjoy their experience there. Hey, no doubt. Uh, can you give us one fun fact that people might not know about you, a guilty pleasure TV show or music or something uh, like that? Man, I think this has been documented by a few people, uh, but, you know, I'm a big JFK assassination buff. Ooh, okay. Yeah, any, so. Any conspiracy theories I, I, there? Or? Uh, well, there's plenty of theories uh for, for, that, that you're that you're uh sold on at least no i you know listen i live in mclean now so i can't really speak uh too much to it you know i'm a little there too close to, uh yeah. but uh but the uh i have great uh relationship with mike lombardi uh mike is into it as well uh and so um yeah we just we have some fun reading about this stuff and uh theorizing different things. So that that's my guilty pleasure. But I, I think pe- they, there may be some people who know that already. That's awesome. I like that. Um, if somebody has not been to a GW game before, what's the sales pitch? Like, how do we get them to come out here? What are they going to expect well, to see I, this year? You know, look, I think we have an incredible arena. You know, I think the Smith Center, especially with the work that's been done uh, by our administration to really make it, a, I mean, the place is sparkling and we have brand new floor, new seats, um, it's 5,000 seats. It creates an incredible environment. We've got a great student section. I think it really feels like a great college basketball environment. And I've been in a lot of them. And uh, I think, you know, centrally located right in the district. Um, I think we're going to we're going to play a fun brand of basketball. I think people who came to our games last year really had great experiences. 
Um, the arena itself is really a, a an asset, a gem, uh, not only for the university, uh, but I think for 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 the district. Um, I just think it's a special place. I've been in it when it's packed. Uh, I played uh, in it twice as an opposing uh, coach. Uh, when there were great environments, I, I went to games here. Even when I was at George Mason, when Coach Hobbs had it rolling, and it's just an incredible environment. I think people who went to GW have great memories of of being in the Smith Center when it's packed. And you know, COVID obviously took a uh, took a, a chunk out of uh, of everybody in this area. And so we're working to build this back. But um, I don't think there's a better environment, um, you know, uh, for the price and 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 the central location that we have uh, than the Smith Center. It's a special, special arena. And as we continue to get going and, you know, watching guys like James Bishop and Max Edwards and others, I, I just think it's a great ticket. And uh, and I think people come out of there feeling really good about um, just being in, in the arena. I think I've seen some projections that have you guys in the lower half of uh, the league standards. Yeah. And I know yeah, that you I, all probably don't care much about that, but to me, that, no. that seems crazy. You seem like a team on the way up, and there's a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah, it helps me. Uh, it helps me motivate, so I'm 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 fine there. And I think, listen, that these projections are really tough right now with the transfer portal, knowing exactly, you know, who's got uh, who's got what. So I, I don't really pay much attention to it. Again, my last year at Miami, I think we were picked twelfth, and. Uh, you know, we wound up going to the Elite Eight. So and we were in first place, like, after the first 10 games of league play. So I um, I feel good about where we're at. I'm not not too concerned. I think just from the the homework I've done and the names I know and the success you guys had in year one and the players you bring back, I, I would be shocked if, um, you know, you don't uh, surprise a lot of those people that are, that are sleeping on you a little bit. So I think for anybody that hasn't seen a game, I plan on coming out to a couple this year. I'm looking forward to it. I hope everybody else listening to this does and checks the guys out. Uh, Coach, anything else you want to leave DMV basketball fans well, with? I, you know, listen, I, I appreciate you, Matt, what you're doing. I, I just think it's uh, it's probably understated, actually, how great this area is for basketball. You know, I think I've been around when the Wizards have, uh, you know, rolling and and uh, in the playoffs, and and those are special environments, and people care. College basketball is is awesome in this area. Um, you know, I remember my time at George Mason. You know, we're really, really good, and you know, we've got ten thousand people in the Patriot Center. But you know what? Georgetown was filled. You know, they had it rolling. Maryland, great, obviously, student environment there. Uh, GW, great building. You know, American's been good. Howard is getting good. Um, I, I, you know, I just think this is a special area for basketball. You know, the high school basketball, the high school coaching. Uh, the way people care. Um, if you're a basketball person, uh, th- this to me is has become the mecca. You know, and I say that as a New Yorker, uh, I love my New York basketball history. Uh, but this is now a place that across the board is is special. And uh, you know, I think we need to do more things like what you're doing, Matt. I, I would hope that you know our local publications and 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 television and people like that. Uh, can can accentuate that because there are very few things that any area can claim to have the best of. Mm-hmm. When you do have the best of something, which we do here in basketball, uh, it needs to be celebrated. I, I love that. I might have to clip that for a soundbite for the show because I think that's exactly what we're trying to impress upon people. So uh, I think that's perfectly well said and a pretty good place to cut it. Uh, awesome. Coach, thank you so much for doing this. Good luck this yeah. season. 
hope you uh, hit the goals you have for the team, but also stay healthy along the way. I know that's always a big component. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we look forward to following the success uh, next of this year and, and all the years to come. So thanks again, everybody. This was uh, Believe in DMB Hoops. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, hit the little notification button. And we are presented by betonline.ag. And we will catch you all next time. Thanks so much. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube